Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to talk about The Breakfast Pantry, a female-powered Canadian brand dedicated to helping customers experience their best mornings. They thoughtfully curate a selection of plant-based breakfast and pantry staples, health and wellness products, eco-conscious home goods, and more. When shopping with The Breakfast Pantry, you're supporting dozens of small businesses whose products are available on their site. You can shop via their e-commerce store at www.thebreakfastpantry.com where they offer shipping across Canada and the U.S. That's thebreakfastpantry.com. Okay, so thank you so much for joining me here today, Heather. I am so excited to be speaking with you and hearing more about your entrepreneurship journey and everything you have going on. So thank you for joining me here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So how about we start off? Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first got started in your career? Yeah, my background is really, I was in corporate America for over 20 years. I was a chief revenue officer in media, and I ended up getting fired unexpectedly about four years ago when the CEO I had worked for for 14 years became ill, and he elevated his daughter to replace him. And that really started me off down a completely different path where I wrote my first book, Confidence Creator. I launched my speaking career and and ended up launching my new book, Overcome Your Villains. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's so much I want to dive into. And I guess, you know, starting off, I know, um, on your website and stuff, it, you were recognized as the glass ceiling award winner and as the most influential woman in radio in 2017. And then you just spoke there about your unexpected termination. Can you tell us a little bit about this and, you know, what was your next move once this happened? Well, I had an 18 month non-compete non-solicit, which meant that I had to leave the industry that I had expertise in. So I had to start over as a beginner somewhere and, you know, I really had no idea where I was going to start over and just essentially from just taking action and, and taking chances, I ended up landing on the Elvis Duran show. And that's when he spoke a truth into me that he said I was writing a book and I had never really thought about it. But that day, you know, sitting with him really changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so once you sort of came to that, that point, what, what did you decide to do next? You know, you knew you wanted to start a book and sort of what were your first steps in, you know, taking that step? It's the same thing I do. You know, anytime I'm in a new situation, I just Googled, how do you write a book? And it said, write. And I thought, oh, that's easy. And so I just started writing, you know, and then once I had enough content written, I thought, okay, I need to find somebody who's written a lot of books because they'll help advance me. And and I hired an editor. I invested in myself. Right. And then, you know, it took, it was about five months of writing and working with my editor and, and the book came to life. 
Wow. And so when you were writing that book, did you know you wanted to sort of, you know, create this whole company sort of around your personal brand and, you know, create Boston Heels? And was that sort of one of the goals you'd always always had to own your own business or did it just sort of happen naturally from there? No, I, I always, um, you know, I grew up, I'm 47. So, you know, back when I was younger, everyone was in corporate America that the game was really to become CEO. And so my goal had always be, you know, been to be a CEO of a big company. And I was, you know, one step away from that. And so when I was fired, it just, I had to leave that industry. I had to start over somewhere new. It wasn't like there was some burning desire within me to do that. I had never even thought of it. It was more just because of the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And then, you know, you went on to write your first book, Confidence Creator, um, which I'm actually reading right now. And I, I absolutely love it. And where did you first sort of come up with the concept of it? I know you said you just started writing. And so what was it that, you know, drove you in the direction to make it sort of that specific, you know, area? Well, I just, I had no idea what I was going to write about. I just started writing, you know, at first I was writing about how upset I was that I had just been fired. And then I was writing about how mad I was, you know, that this woman uh, had fired me and, you know, I just started writing whatever came to mind. And then over, you know, a couple of days time, it started changing from just that one situation to other situations in my life where I had felt in a similar, you know, whether it be, I felt like I had been wronged or I felt like I had not shown up as my best self. And, and that's when I started figuring out, wait a minute, this is a blueprint over, you know, a period of time to, to map out for people how they can create confidence within themselves. Absolutely. And was that something that had always come natural to you? Or, you know, I know that you've stated confidence isn't given, it's created. And so can you tell us a little bit about building that confidence in yourself and maybe, you know, some advice for looking to work on that themselves? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's about stepping out of what familiar is, you know, for me, it was familiar to be in corporate America, it was familiar to, you know, be in the C-suite to lead sales teams, and stepping out of that situation and stepping into that unknown, you know, it is essentially stepping into fear. And, and that was anytime you start building a new muscle, you're going to feel really proud of yourself, right? That's a great way to build confidence. So step into something new whether it be taking a painting class or, you know, I took a stand-up comedy class and, you know, there's so many different things people can do to help start building that confidence muscle. But I truly believe it's about getting out of that routine and, and start stepping into the potential of who you can be. Yes, I, I definitely love that. And, you know, like you said, it's a muscle that, you know, have to keep working on. And so is there times when, you know, you don't feel as confident as you'd like to, and sort of what do you do to sort of build yourself up during those times? Yeah, everybody doesn't feel confident at certain times. And if they say that that's not the case for them, they're lying or they're not stepping into the unknown to challenge themselves to grow. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are really confident in their relationship, but not confident at all at the gym, right? Or there's people that are really confident at work, but they're not confident in their ability as a parent. People have different strengths and weaknesses, and that's normal, right? And so, you know, for me, I always felt super, super confident at work because I had a track record of proven success. I could look back to, to say, okay, this is something I'm really good at. This will continue, you know? So everyone has their own sense of what they're good at, you know, what success looks like to them. But when you go into these moments, like I did where, you know, I was stepping into being a rookie author or, you know, a rookie entrepreneur and having no idea 
what to do next or, or what that looks like. I leveraged, you know, my past success in corporate America to give me that boost of confidence that, okay, there was a day in time when I didn't know how to sell. You know, when I got into sales at, you know, when I graduated college, I was not an expert salesperson. I started out at the beginning and I taught myself how to do it and I created success around that. And so I would liken this new journey that I'm on to say, okay, if I was able to do that with sales and I ended up in the C-suite in sales, well, then why can't I do the same thing as an author, as a podcast host, you know, as, as whatever. And I thought, you know what, I can't. And so look at what other experiences you've had in your life and see how you can leverage those experiences to advance you now. Yes. And I think that's such great advice because I think we can sort of take something from each experience we've had and really help build it into whatever it is we're hoping to do next. And one of those things that you also moved on to was, you know, getting into professional speaking. And so do you want to tell me a little bit about, you know, how did, what made you first get into this space and how did you sort of get into the speaking industry? Well, I didn't know there was a speaking industry. You know, when I was in corporate America, it was part of your job as an executive of the company that you had to speak. So I would speak almost every single day at at different sales meetings for presentations for clients at different awards events I would host, you know, so I was constantly speaking since the time I was, I guess, 20 years old since I'd gotten into sales. So that was just, I thought that was part of doing business. I didn't understand that there was actually a speaking business. And so for me, I Googled, how do you sell books? You know, just to see what are the best practices. And one of the articles I read said a great way to sell books is to speak. And I thought, great, I'm really good at that. I've been doing it for 25 years. And so I started calling companies and saying, Hey, if you buy X amount of books, I'll come speak for your company. And so one of those times I blind cold called the company, they said, well, what's your speaker fee? So I Googled speaker fees and I found out Gary Vaynerchuk back in 2018 was getting $350,000 for his keynotes. And I thought, wait a minute, this is a much stronger ROI than selling books if I can lean into this. So I just, I researched it like anything, right? I became a student of what is, what is the speaking business? How much money is out there? Who are the people that hire? How do you advance and, and scale this quickly? And I learned about speaker bureaus and speaker agencies. And then I just started pitching myself to all these different things. And, and, you know, over time I landed, um, with Harry Walker speaker agency, GDA speaker, you know, APB, all these different speaker bureaus and, and started developing a name for myself in that industry. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see sort of everything that's out there. And, you know, I think part of that too, with someone, you had some great experience in corporate, like you said, work, like already doing speaking opportunities, what sort of advice would you have for someone on really becoming a confident speaker if they haven't really been in that space before? And this is something new that they want to sort of venture into. You're going to have to speak for free at first, right? So I spoke for free for 25 years. So you know, it doesn't mean you have to speak for free for 25 years, but you're going to have to start, you know, raising your hand and speaking. There's no way to become successful at anything without putting some level of time and work in, right? Because I'm sure that if we watched footage of me in my early 20s, it was nothing like what I am on stage now, right? So you need to put the reps in the same way you do at the gym if you want to build a muscle and, and just start speaking, start volunteering to speak at your kid's school, at charity events, at, you know, any programmer or any chamber event that there is, just start offering your services and and figure out what problem that you solve and and what message can you bring or what can you teach and start offering that everywhere and anywhere for free. And, And that's how you'll start getting better is by taking those reps. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the way you put that. I think that, like you said, it's exactly, it's like going to the gym and working out that muscle. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get with it too. And I want to read one post that you put on social media, cause I absolutely love it. So you posted stating, I've been told I don't dress professionally enough. I get it. I don't dress like other business speakers. I'm not ordinary. I'm not vanilla. I'm pushing for extra. I'm me and I'm not for everyone. And that's okay. And I really loved this post. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, coming to this mindset and has that always come easy to you about, you know, being okay with not being for everyone. No, you know, corporate America, in my experience, and this isn't for every company, but the ones that I was in was very much about don't be extra, don't, you know, draw attention to yourself. In fact, I was told many times at that last company that I was at, hey, you know, get rid of this personal brand that you have. Hey, stop posting. Hey, stop, you know, shining your light, essentially. And so I was, you know, dealing with negative repercussions for shining my light, for showing up as that unique version of me. And you know, ultimately that's that environment telling you you're not a fit anymore for this environment. If you, if you're not willing to shrink to fit in, you're not a fit here. So it ended up being a blessing that I was fired because I was able to really step into who I am and not apologize for it anymore. And, and realize that those right people will start showing up when you start showing up as the real version of you. I I absolutely love that. And I think that, like you said, a blessing in disguise, I think there's always, you know, ways to find the bright side of things. And I think that, no, it really, like you said, was for the best and you went on and now you've decided, then you decided to write on your most recent book, Overcoming Your Villains. And do you want to tell us a little bit, you know, about this and what made you decide to write your next book? Well, I believe that whatever your community asks you for is an opportunity for you to sell something or create something, right? So if people are constantly asking you a certain question, you need to listen. And so I was always getting the question, well, what happened after the last page of Confidence Creator? What's happened since that last page was written? You know, how did you get to where you were today? And those things aren't answered in Confidence Creator, right? Because when I wrote Confidence Creator, I hadn't done the things that I've done today. So I just remember thinking, okay, this is a business. You know, there's something here. People want to know how I went from fired to, you know, whether it be top 50 keynote speaker or, or whatever I've accomplished. And so I started mapping out what that would look like. And that was really the framework for overcoming your villains, which is essentially a three step process to overcome any adversity in business or life. Mm-hmm. And so what was your experience with writing your second book, you know, compared to writing and publishing your first book? Well, it's very different to work. I, my second book is done with HarperCollins leadership. My first book, I was the publisher. So it's very, very different to publish your own book versus working with, you know, a traditional publisher. It takes much longer. My first book took me five months from the day I started writing to the day it dropped live. My second book took over two and a half years, you know, so there's so many different factors that go into play in regards to self-publishing versus publishing with a traditional publisher. And, you know, some of it's great and some of it's not so great. There's, you know, a huge team of experts that all want to weigh in on your manuscript, on your cover, on the title, you know on the, the, the information you can close on the book cover on the inside, like everyone wants to weigh in because that's what they're paid to do. And, and you're with them for that expertise. However, what you find out is that things aren't guaranteed to go the way you want the way that it did when I had my first book. When I 
wrote my first book, I thought, okay, what do I want to name it? Confidence Creator. Okay, done. I'm naming it Confidence Creator. That's it. But with Overcome Your Villains, it wasn't like that. I, I would populate an idea to the team. They would go out and test it. They would come back with their ideas. You know, so it's definitely, it's, it's, it's entirely different process. And each one has their own value and merit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And, and like you said, I think it, there, like you said, there was more sort of barriers to overcome. And, you know, in terms of building a business, I think there's always sort of challenges that come and barriers we have to face. And what has been sort of the biggest obstacle you've really found with building your business or building your personal brand? You know, just not knowing, you know, I was in sales for over 25 years. So when I was in that more traditional environment, I had massive experience and expertise in it. So I knew what the roadmap was. I knew what was happening next quarter, next year. I, I was so clear on the trajectory of my business and what steps I needed to take that starting over as a rookie author, a rookie entrepreneur, I had no roadmap. I had no expertise. I had no experience, no prior experience in it. And so, you know, anytime you don't have that roadmap, it it's incredibly challenging when you're and humbling when you're used to having, you know, the roadmap to everything that you do. So that was definitely the hardest part was learning to just, you know, take that step into the darkness, not knowing if I'm going the right way or the wrong way and not, you know, not knowing what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And did you ever, you know, during the, one of those times where, you know, you weren't too sure, had you ever thought about going back to the corporate world or did you know, once you were, you know, in the, in an entrepreneurship that this was for you? No, I had an 18 month non-compete non-solicit. So I couldn't go back to the industry that I was an expert in for 18 months. That's a year and a half. And so it didn't matter how much I might want to go back to what I knew I couldn't. So if I was going to go to corporate, it was going to have to be in aviation or in hotels, something else I didn't have experience in, right? So the media business was off limits to me. I could not go back there for a year and a half. And so, you know, during that year and a half, I basically started figuring out how to advance myself in this new world where I was a rookie and started creating some success enough that by the time my my non-compete, non-solicit ran out, I wasn't in a situation where I wanted to go back anymore. There has definitely, you know, been so many highlights and major accomplishments that you've had, you know, since that. And has there been one that just really stands out to you, like a, you know, a major highlight or success moment that you look back on and it's almost like a pinch me moment you've had? Yeah, my giving my TEDx talk was definitely one of the hardest things I've done since I got fired. And it was really scary. It lives forever, right? So if you blow it when you're on that stage and that little red dot for 10 minutes, you blow it. And so there's tremendous pressure. It's a little different writing a book or giving a keynote speech or, you know, or, or applying for something else or partnering with someone and pitching something because it, it, it just isn't there forever. And, and that TEDx, I knew that magnitude of if I get up there and don't knock this talk out of the park, you know, that's going to be with me as long as I live. And so, you know, there was tremendous pressure on that. And I'm so proud of how that talk turned out. And I'm just so proud of myself stepping into that complete unknown, you know, never having given a TEDx talk before. And then ultimately that TEDx talk was promoted to TED and translated into six languages. So I'm I'm really proud of that end result. Although, you know, it was, it definitely was a lot of work. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, and it's definitely such a huge accomplishment. And I think what you said there too, about, you know, walking into the unknown, it's definitely scary. And I think entrepreneurship is, that's a lot of entrepreneurship. And so if there was someone who is, you know, thinking of starting their own business right now, or, you know, have, has that idea, but is scared to sort of go into that unknown, what sort of advice would you give to them? Fear is a green light that means go and go faster. You know, that's how I choose to see fear these days, instead of running from it, run into it. And when you do that, you start creating confidence in yourself. And when you do that, you start creating possibilities and options that weren't previously available to you. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. I think that's, that's definitely great advice. And I think that, you know, there's definitely so much to come from sort of going into those unknowns. And um, I do want to ask, we had a lot of really great listener questions um, that submitted to ask you. So I'm just going to ask a few of those. Are you a business owner looking to establish yourself as an expert in your industry, reach new audiences and build brand awareness, and form more personal connections with your current customers? It seems like a no-brainer, right? But how do you do this? Enter podcasting. The podcast industry has been growing rapidly over the past few years and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. After starting Made It Happen, I saw the power podcasting can have, and I want to help other entrepreneurs and businesses do the same. Enter Elevate Podcast Co., a podcast agency helping entrepreneurs and businesses have their voices heard and elevate their brand. We support launching and growing podcasts to connect with your audience, build authority, and amplify your business. Through podcast coaching management and our portable podcast studio, we will help you reach your podcast goals. You can visit us at elevatepodcastco.com as well as in the show notes and book your free discovery call to learn more. They're curious to know if you've always been a leader or if this is something you've worked at. So I know that we talked a little bit about, you know, confidence um, being built up, but what about sort of as a leader um, and leadership? Was that something that always came naturally to you? You know, I, when I think about that question, I remember being, you know, I was the captain of my softball team. I was a captain of my volleyball team when I was a kid. So I guess in some ways, leadership was always part of who I was, whether it be on sports teams or in business, but I definitely evolved as a leader over time. You know, in my early 20s, I was leading a company in, in Saginaw, Michigan, with where all my employees were older than me and, and had so much more experience and expertise than I did. And I remember I, I showed up as a very different leader than I would today because I didn't want them to know that I was weak or, you know, I, I've learned so much along the journey of leadership that I'm a very different leader now. So, and that's learned, that's not just given, but I guess when I look back, you know, as a kid, when I was found myself being elected into leadership roles, that was more, you know, just organically happening. So um, I think anyone, you know, if, if you set your sights on something, if you know and are aware of your own skill sets, weaknesses and, and strengths that you and, and leadership is something that's important to you, that it, it can be learned and it can change and evolve and improve over time. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree. And, you know, you said that your, your leadership has changed. Is there any sort of resources or anything that you've really consciously done in order, you know, that someone else, maybe if they're looking to sort of build on their leadership skills that, you know, you would recommend to them? Yeah. I mean, constantly you need to be a student. You need to be 
reading. You need to be meeting with people that are ahead of you. You need to be following people on social media that are in the kinds of places that you want to be. You need to be, you know, taking courses, investing in yourself. There's so many ways to learn and grow and evolve. I remember, you know, over two decades, I, I traveled every single week for work and on every single flight, I was reading a different book about business and bettering myself. And, you know, the, the work never stops, right? If you want to grow and improve, you've got to put the work in. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And there's so many great resources out there for people who are looking to sort of build on that. So that's definitely great to hear. Um, and the next question is, you've talked before about trying to be being taken seriously as a woman in business in your 20s. Um, what sort of advice do you have for someone at this stage? Really embrace who you are. I wasn't very good at that when I was in my 20s. I would try to act differently than I really was. But the real power you're going to have is when you show up as that authentic version of you. And for some reason, I didn't know that in my early 20s. I, I'm definitely clear on it now. But you know, the most powerful you'll ever be is when you get up and go to work as you and stop trying to be like everybody else. And people will say, well, I don't have the expertise or experience. That's great. You're not there for that, right? You were invited to the party. Somebody invited you here for a reason. It's because of that perspective. It's because you're different. It's great that you don't have the same perception or lens to see through that everybody else at the table does. That's why you're there. So start leaning on that. Start leaning on the fact that you are in your 20s and use that as your leverage to advance. I think that's such great advice. And like you said, you bring in that different perspective and you know, you're there for a reason. And so I think that's great advice. Absolutely. Um, and last uh, listener question I'll ask here is, uh, they say, I love your social content. Where do you find your inspiration for um, when creating content? you know, everywhere, right? So to me, you can find inspiration in a book you read, in a TED talk that you watch, in somebody else's social media feed, right? But it's, and someone will say to me, you know, oh, isn't that bad to, you know, reinvent something? No, anything great that's been created in this world is essentially a, a reinvention of something that already existed, right? We've been on this planet far too long. But, you know, some of the best songs are collaborations or samples of past songs. And so the way that I see it is I might be looking at someone's feed or, or today I, I was reading an article in Inc. Magazine. I'm like, oh, this is great potential post. I need to see it through the lens of me. You know, so me commenting on things that I think are interesting and giving my perspective on it, that's going to make it unique and different. As you mentioned, you talked about a post I put up that I, I'm a different kind of speaker and I dress differently. So that's just me talking about how I'm different, right? So see things through the lens of your own eyes. How are you different? Or what are the challenges that you've had in your life? Or what mistakes have you made? Start telling your own stories and seeing things through your own lens and share that perspective with people. And it will be unique and different. Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely love that. And it's like, like what we said before about, you know, come out having your own perspective. And so, you know, being able to share that and being authentic to who you are, I think will always show who you are. So thank you so much that I learned so much, so much great advice there. And I always like to uh, finish off with some rapid fire questions. So if you just want to say the first thing that comes to your mind, so owning your own business means going all in one word to describe your business, exploding someone you look up to my son, a female owned business is impressive. 
a book that you'd recommend? Overcome your villains, of course. <laughs> um, a lifesaver for your business. So this could be a platform. This could be a planner. Anything that you just couldn't live without. Social media. A non-negotiable you have is? To listen to my own opinion over everything. And the best advice that you've ever received? There will always be another deal. There will always be another guy. There will always be another opportunity. Desperate is so unattractive. I love that. I think that's great advice and a great note to end off on. So thank you so much, Heather, for joining me here again. And do you want to share, do you have any some any future plans coming up that you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm on, every week I'm dropping a new episode or two new episodes on creating confidence with Heather Monaghan. Check out the podcast. And of course, my um, new book is out, Overcome Your Villains, anywhere where you can get your books. Perfect. And where can people find you online and find more about you? Um, any, any there about your podcast, about your books, everywhere? My website's heathermonahan.com and I am at heathermonahan everywhere. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Heather. I, I loved hearing more about your story and all of your great advice. So thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.